Dead kids of Derry as we pop off into Christine. Very Woo! fantastic one. Uh, real quickly, we have a new member with us. We have Jesse. Hi. Yeah, it should hey. always be pronounced like Clue Gallagher does Jesse in uh, Nightmare 2, where it goes, Jesse. Yes. Oh, <laughs> <damn it, Jessie. laughs> <laughs> right. 1983, the number over here. Uh, a good chunk of us were probably born on or close to that year, I'm assuming. Uh, I was born 1981. The only two when I, this came out. I was I was already uh, three years old. I'm the grandpa of the <laughs> show. So. Well, I was born yeah, this I'm year, at least. Yeah, Jesse's the baby. Yeah. So, when were you born up? 90. Really? Wow. Yep. Oh. Uh, wow, I didn't realize you were that young. Yeah, <laughs> you're too young to be dead. <laughs> Goddamn, I'm, I'm almost I'm, died plenty of times. Yeah, that Larry Franco producing uh, Kurt Russell's uh, ex brother in law. Oh yeah, really? yeah. Mm-hmm. He's married that's, to Goldie Hawn too. Yeah. That's the Carpenter connection right there. Yeah, yeah. The great. Job. I mean, I think it's awesome how Carpenter had now collided and worked with King and how they came together because. There were a lot of great 80s masters directors that I think that wanted to work with Stephen King. And um, it's always nice when it came to fruition. So, Christine, I mean, I revisited this. I hadn't seen the whole fucking movie in like 25 years. And it was no more than the day before yesterday. I watched it all over again. And I'm like, this is fucking really good. I mean, I wasn't completely impressed considering seeing it all the way through for the complete first time only seeing it in some bits and pieces throughout the years. Yeah. But it's a good movie. It seems like there is something that holds up about it still. Being that ultimate crazed mm-hmm. boy loves his car more than anything else. Well, I mean, with, with something like this, like there's very, very few writers and directors that could say, hey, we're going to make a horror movie about a killer fucking car right. and have it work. <laughs> Because yeah. just the premise on its own just sounds ludicrous. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Carpenter was the dude to do it, though. You feel like you know, the slow stock of a Michael Myers is really a lot like the slow stock of Christine. You know what I mean? Hell yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Great yeah. soundtrack. I think it was... so, yeah, Bill. Yeah, Hawkman. It was interesting. Um, I forget the name of it, but I was on Netflix, and they had this, you know... Um, horror film where a guy dies and he ends up possessing a car that goes on like a killing rampage and uh it was it's an awful movie plain and simple it was it it was made like within the last i would say three or four years i mean recent movie but you know it, it it reminds me that when you're doing a film that that's like that you got 
you got to have something. And uh, that one didn't. But Stephen King with Christine, I mean, that, uh, like you said, with the slow stalking and because, I mean, you have to uh, realize that you can only do so much with a car. I mean, you can't, like, go upstairs and you can't, you know, uh, climb a tree or anything. So the the uh, the modes of attack and killing is is a little limited. But I, I think that, you know, they really nailed it in this movie. Now, James reads all the books. What's the, is there one Buick 88 or something like that he did? Yeah. Yeah, now, it's, it's, it's not called Christine. It's, it's Buick 88. That's what the actual story is called? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, that's a fun yeah. fact. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's not, it's not called Christine. Um, but, uh, no, the, the, the thing, the thing about that makes this movie work and and Billy already kind of touched on it. The reason that this movie works on the writing and the directing level is because Carpenter got what King was trying to say, which was it's really about this guy and his obsession with his car. Yeah. It, it's it's not so much it's the, the inability to let go of something that's near and dear to you even if it's harming you or people around you, which is yeah. what King was going for. And it's also interesting how King writes obsession because you could almost look at misery with the obsession in there, which oh, absolutely is a little more. It's definitely more extreme than the circumstances of this. But I wouldn't say they're more extreme. I would say they're slightly different. But uh, King, when it comes to King with obsession, I mean, he really goes into dark places with it, and I think that's what's just so deep. And there, how we can pick up on the sadness, the all those different nuances, and you know, mm-hmm. I, it's one of the beauties of King of how he can just be so expressive, and how a director can convey it in such a way, like Carpenter, where I think it was a very series of different circumstances than say with right. Kubrick, where it may not have worked, but this definitely was one of those situations where it this- seems like it did work, and interestingly enough, it doesn't seem like. I was trying to find some reference for um, what King thought of the movie about this you know, movie? Carpenter. Yeah, you find yeah. some? And, um, you know, he doesn't say it's good. He doesn't say it's bad. It's almost like he just, I mean, it seems like he liked it, but he just, like, didn't see it. So it was kind of interesting. He didn't see it. I, I find that hard to believe. Now, yeah, I, I thought that was. Stefan it's, like, it's almost like he didn't. He didn't like so much acknowledge it, but I mean, right. it's hard not to watch a John Carpenter movie. I mean, because well, John, he's got Carpenter is ah. just one of the master in this craft. He's one of those directors you can. Tell I think he actually movies. liked it, but he just didn't actually say it. Well, he's coming on the show a little later. We'll ask him. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you can, we'll you can tell him. a you can tell a Carpenter film right from the framing. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, now, it's one of the beauties. Yeah, King was King masters. was so popular. Bill Coyne. Uh King was st- still so popular at this time that they, the film went into production before the book was even done. Yeah. What do you think of that? Mm-hmm. Here's two famous people from the film Christine. What are they doing here? That, you know, they got that dude's King nerd. And now this is very science fiction, like where the jock, the cool kid in school is very cool with the nerd kid. You know what I mean? You don't catch that too often. That was that's a very Lucas situation. That's very unheard of in 1983. 
I haven't seen Lucas in ages. Good. <laughs> right. He's doing all right. Both of these gentlemen become directors later in life. Yes, they do. And they do a lot of TV directing. The other one, the more jockier one, does the, the film the, does films. He did that uh, kickboxer. Unleashed to a vengeance that came out. I remember that I had a little pop about it a couple of years back. John Stockwell. I checked the IMDb. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. John Stockwell looks he don't look too good these days. No no offense to John. Well it's been forty <laughs> years, so you know. isn't he coming on the show a little later soon, man? <laughs> he will be, yeah. Uh. <laughs> Matt, not everyone can look like uh as handsome as me at forty. That's true. <laughs> Some people just can't pull off the rugged good looks. If you go it's look, it's true. At, yeah, very rugged. It's I like it. Believe. I gotta say, Hawk, for for being two old men, we look pretty good. Heck yeah, I'm 41. Right. You're 40. Like we're doing all right. <laughs> we tear up the town. <laughs> no. Nah, man. My pain medi- my back medication's about to kick in. I gotta, I gotta take a nap. <laughs> <laughs> You two grumpy old men, the remake. Oh, yeah. Oh, fuck yeah. Me and Hawk <laughs> doing grumpy old men, that'd be amazing. <laughs> that'd be hilarious. I'm definitely not Jack Lo- I'm definitely not Walter Matthau, though. I would have oh, to be I'm Jack Walter Lo- Matthau. I'm no, Hawk is Matthau all the way, as far as I'm yeah. concerned. Yeah, I would have to be Jack Lemon, hands down. Plus, it's so funny, because, you know, I love how, I mean, Back to School was one of my favorite movies, you know, growing up. And seeing it's Thornton Mellon's kid. Um, oh, yeah. When I just noticed that, I'm like, oh, my God, because I just, like, hadn't seen this in so long and just revisiting. I just kept thinking back to school because the, the whole school backdrop mm-hmm. as well. It's like I'm almost expecting, like, Rodney to come around the corner in some weird way. <laughs> I would support yeah. that. I, I, would, I would love to see Rodney Dangerfield just kind of, for some reason, appear. Because I can't get enough of Rodney Dangerfield, even you know, forty years on now. Who gets no respect, even after he's dead? Sure, yeah. <laughs> unfortunately, you know, Keith Gordon. You know, actors come from certain eras, as we all know. And Keith Gordon, a lot of high school movies, you know, because this was like kind of his era, so to speak. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah! Oh yeah! <laughs> I wish I had right glasses. Those are Buddy Holly glasses. Yeah. They're very cool. Kitty cats in the building. <laughs> She's such a name. love man. We got an extra guest. Yeah. <laughs> I like those yellow lockers. The what? Yellow lockers are nice. Yeah. Don't you like that in green grass? Yeah, you know it's interesting because like a lot of Carpenter films, like his color choices are usually more on the darker side. You know what I mean? You know, especially this yeah. era. Yeah. Of Carpenter, escape. We got escape from New York, Halloween, The Fog, coming. Everything. Day Live was like my favorite film by him. Yeah, no, Day Live was awesome. That mm-hmm. this, but this was like the dawn of the hi-fi color, bright Carpenter era before he went back to the dark shit. Yeah. Like right after this, I'm pretty sure he did. Uh, no, it wasn't right after this. It was right before. I think it's what inspired it. He did his made-for-TV movie about Elvis. That starred Curdy Russell. I thought that was in the seventies, seventy-eight maybe. Was it seven? No, I think it might wasn't. Yeah, it was no, that was where they first met. I yeah, was post-holiday. They first met on Elvis. 
that was uh, yeah, no, that was made for TV. That, See the that was with the afro. Does he look familiar to anybody here? Yeah, yeah, Ghostbusters man. Oh, good call. That's a great John Carpenter framing. Only he would frame it like that. Yeah, yeah, he would. Right there, very nice. It does have a very Halloween vibe to it, completely. Even when the car in the beginning, earlier when the car was creeping at the at the front of the driveway with the, the way the trees kind of hung over it, that was very yeah. Haddonfield. Oh yeah, oh yeah. 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 Seems like that late eighties, early nineties, that production design things were definitely, I think, becoming a little more vibrant in that time. Yeah, it seems like for a, you know a long time, like it seems like in the eighties. You know, kind of coming out of that, you know, I, as much as I love that New York 70s sleaze look, it's like, you know, things were starting to kind of clean up a little bit. And it seems like the late 80s, early 90s, the production designs became a little more vibrant. And it's funny how there was that slight shift. You can almost see it with films like, say, like The Second Gremlins or like The Second Child's Play, because those are both the early 90s. And in the palettes in those films, I mean, it's hey. like the production designs were becoming a little more bold. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. Grabbing someone from the nuts you don't see in movies anymore in a fight <laughs> tactic. I was just gonna call that out. <laughs> yeah, poor guy. Oh, it's that's just. I mean, that's that's a that's a that's a dick move, man. Literally, yeah. <laughs> literally, literally a, dick. a dick move, move man. A dick move. You don't play with another man's balls. I agree. So, that's unless if you mean it. Consent, guys. Consent. Yeah. Yes. That dude looks like the Texas tornado there, <laughs> mixed with John Travolta. I was about to say, there's a touch yeah. of Welcome Back Carter going on there. Backward <laughs> teachers could do that. When we're in school, yeah. teachers uh. could really fuck with you. Not to that extent. I think we missed that era. But like mm-hmm. they could they nowadays if you like fucking raise your voice to a kid they fire you. Yeah. You no, know, I had an anger management teacher and she like literally threw a kid in a trash barrel and wheeled him out of like the class. And she taught fantastic. anger management. <laughs> it was the anger management teacher. Yeah. The, co- the course made. It I don't think I don't think that was a very good course, Jesse. Uh, yeah. I feel it's I not. feel like I passed it though. The, ju- the judge. Made it doesn't sound that. like it was hard. <laughs> it was not. So, so she the, set the bar really low. The judge told her she needed to take a class and not teach the class. That's what happened. <laughs> Things got mixed up, I guess. Did she walk in like the court ordered me to be here? So <laughs> it was actually funny. Um, I was getting made fun of right before she came into the class, and then like she heard what was happening, and so she put the bully into the trash barrel, and it was just amazing. Oh, I was cool. like, she's picking up for me. That's. Oh, well, see, now there's context involved. Yeah. That makes sense. I know. I was, like, thinking she was a bad person. Now she's a good person. She is a good person. What happened to her? They they fired her? No, she still works there. Cool. I think she, like, mellowed out a lot more, though. With age, it happens. I hope so, yeah. (laughs) The way he just turned there with his hair flying. Look at him jumping at people. Intimidation. I'm just thinking of like he's going to start seeing Shadow of the Night from Critters because it looks, (laughs) yeah, he has almost like the same hair of the lead singer from Critters. More baby blue. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Shadow of the Night. Classic (laughs) jam. Yeah, now he was like, what, they were neighbors, or he was teaching him or something. That's why they're friends. The real, real reason why they're friends, he was like tutoring him or something, right? Yeah. 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 Another well, classic I mean, trope. 
That, that's that's the only way that the uh, the geeky nerd can hang out with the jock. He has to help him out with you know his schoolwork and, and all that. You gotta give him the credit jock, though. Yeah, a the lot jock of teaches him how to like pound beers and you know. <laughs> yeah, we we'll defend him ladies. in the shop. He takes his lady. <laughs> no does. That's why that's why Jock's returned to treating the the fucking nerds like shit because this movie they were that's like, Well, he, they're gonna steal your lady. If you build them up, they just steal your lady. <laughs> that's what happens, man. You gotta watch out you gotta watch out for the nerds, man. They're dangerous, subversive, they're sneaky. They can be. Yeah, we I know. can roll like a D twelve. <laughs> yeah, I got, well I was about to say, well, I'm a fucking nerd, so I know. <laughs> It's like fucking blink twice, I'm going to steal your girl. <laughs> hey, man, if you got the ride, I mean, you're already halfway there. Yeah, you make four figures a month, you're literally bringing figures home. Chicks dig that. True. Another familiar face will be popping on the screen in a little bit. He's mostly, you know, it's arguable what you would know this person for coming up, either a big... Well, a middle-sized horror film that a lot of people know about, but it's kind of a little obscure, and of course, one of the biggest holiday, Christmas uh, holiday films of all time. Ooh. Silent Night, Deadly Night. Who, this guy? This guy? I thought so, right? I was going for Home Alone. He's the Oh, Home Alone, (laughs) duh. That's what I was going to say. Oh my god. Wow. Robert's Blossom? I think so. He's also in Deranged. Have you seen that? Yeah, he's in Deranged. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's a good Deranged. Yeah. I like this guy. He's so like uh, matter of factly. He just doesn't. He doesn't give a fuck. Yo, I totally wear his outfit. <laughs> Darnell, the the dude we're gonna. I can see like, it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, you know, he wore that from home. He didn't. That wasn't wardrobe. He just came from set from Deranged. Probably. That was being filmed in the house. Now I wonder if it's because he was in Deranged is why he got to play the the shovel guy in Home Alone. I think so. I think there's I, a, they like to throw those weird dark ties in there. Yeah, Chris well, Columbus you know. said, "I'm only doing this movie if we can get the guy from Deranged, <laughs> and this is a kids' film that we're making. We need Ed Gein for this movie, or else well, I'm no, not going to write it." What, what I'm saying is, is like the kid, the, the character was pretty obviously cast as to be like a. A red herring where he's supposed to be this heel that like chopped his family up and put her in a barrel of salt. So I'm thinking that he probably caught the gig because of that, would be my guess. Like somebody saw him in Deranged and went, hey, that might work. I'd agree with that. He gives a great performance here. I love the dark story about his brother who loved the car more than anything else and then killed himself in it. Makes sense. Very with the times. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Mental health. Is that a regular wife bean or has that got like a contraption on it? It has a contraption on it. Got, like a fucking fishing, like a fucking fishing vest. It looks like something a, like, like a, a like a bustier for men. That's his beer holster. Gonna rob a bank with that thing, blow him up. It's got, it's like fucking, he's got like fucking eight fucking cans just loaded ready to rock. He's like, I don't need to drive. <laughs> It'd be a reason for drinking and walking. 
he's bit by the bug of freedom. He says, look at this car. I can build it up. I can be a cool dude and go where I want to go. Get away from my daddy. Tutoring that dumb jock is the best thing that ever happened to him, probably real in real life. Uh, he got his loyalty. He defended him against those bullies, which I don't yeah. think would happen in real life. I think the jock would have just turned and walked out the door in real life. Been like, oh, you're out. See you tomorrow, bud. Yeah. Good luck, pal. Yeah. <laughs> have fun. Hey, man, I got my A's, so, you know, sayonara. I mean, this kind of taps into, like, that that feeling, though, like, of that youth where you're, like, you get your first car and you just think you're the hottest shit on the face of the earth because you got that car and you're, like, I can go fucking anywhere. Ain't nobody telling me shit. (laughs) And, you know, this guy just happened to fucking get the, like, dopest car on the face of the sun. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, dependence is over. It's nice to actually get away when you finally fucking can. Mm. Yeah, it's true. It's a little bit of a coming of age. He's got a father. Father looks like a dickhead, gigantic dickhead. They really hammer home the fact that his home life is just as bad as school life. Look at those glasses, dude. They couldn't. couldn't They have to make them so much before getting a car. It couldn't be any more tape on that than there is. It's (laughs) horrifying. I mean, surprised surprised that look never came back in modern times. With how, like, the I'm sure it having, did. I'm I sure like, it did. Like, there's a craft beer bar somewhere with some hipster fuck yeah. that's got like 900 fucking layers of tape on front of his glasses because he thought it was fucking. Oh yeah, look at me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what? Just call me Point Dexter. <laughs> well, I mean, the other commonality in film that I can think of is Poindexter from Revenge of the Nerds. He had the same glasses. That's a running joke in our family. Whenever someone runs into something, it's like, how you doing, Poindexter? (laughs) Oh, there you go. Unintentionally walking. Oh, oh, you're here. Poindexter, what's up? (laughs) I can hear you coming. I I gotta say, when he storms out with those glasses, no matter how how much uh, acting he puts in, you can't take him seriously. I agree. With all the tape on the I glasses. agree. I, and I think that was probably a, a deliberate decision. Yeah. Is that it kind of like conveys that no matter how pissed off this kid gets, nobody nobody takes him seriously. Nobody yeah. nobody gives him that respect. If, if, if he found a gun, he would have been involved in Columbine. Probably. Oh, car instead. Oh, we got a hot take right there, Matt. Damn. <laughs> I got that inside scoop. I talked to him. Oh, there you go. Junkyard life over here. We're going to be introduced to the most colorful. My favorite character of the entire film is Darnell, the dude that owns that junkyard. That guy's the Hell best. Yeah. The fucking, some of the best lines in this entire movie are said from him. Completely agree. That has a great look to him. Who the older dude? I love his acting. He's just like, yeah. it makes him look so like small. Yeah. Yeah. Taking the car in. What'd you guys have for your first cars? I had a '97 Toyota Celica GT, and it was purple. Oh, there you go. Yeah. I had big wheels. Big wheels. <laughs> my first car. Good big call. wheels. Good call. 
James, would you uh, a 1989 Toyota hatchback Corolla? Woo! When they still made hatchback Corollas. <laughs> Billy, nice. Billy, would you yeah. have first? Uh, uh, my first one was a '94 Suzu Trooper, and I called her JP. You, you maybe you were this character in the film, damn. Well, no, because, I mean, it, it almost slightly almost looked like one of those Jurassic Park cars, you know, but it was just, oh. you know, I, I, I just thought Jurassic Park, JP, and I was called, I'll call her JP. Mm. I had a 1966 Buick Special, got a dirt cheap, you dirt cheap, it was like Christine. And never you looked get it for like a dollar? <laughs> I, got like, I got it for like 300 bucks. It never looked as good as Christine, that's for sure, but it was uh, sturdy. Where'd you get it? An auction? Did it have like bullet holes on it or something? No, we knew somebody. Yeah, <laughs> Bonnie and Clyde were killed in it. We got it right 66, out of the museum. Six man. Yeah. Damn. I'm I'm surprised it ran. Oh, it, it ran nice. It was good. Oh, it was shit. good. It was good. Now this car. Yeah. Is it a '57 or a '58 Plymouth? I believe it's a '57 Plymouth. '57. I believe, if memory serves, it was a fifty. A Plymouth Fury, I believe. It was a yeah. I hate to be the a bad guy. It was a fifty-eight Plymouth Fury. Uh, okay. Stephen King chose okay. it because it was a forgotten car. He said he didn't want a car that already had a uh, had a legend attached to it, like a fifties Thunderbird. So he went for this. No, one. it makes. I mean, it makes total sense. Yeah. yeah. It's a beautiful looking car, no matter how you cut it. Oh, for sure. Oh, Bill, you were on eBay recently, didn't you? See, supposedly like a crushed up version of it or something. Oh yeah, yeah. No, this is great. So I was on eBay basically the day before yesterday, and I, I finished watching the movie. So it's on Christine. This giant lump of in the very end of the movie when the car gets crushed completely and it's just this cube. They're selling that fucking cube for three thousand bucks. What? Please <laughs> shit. After and I sent Maddie the picture. I, I, I took the screenshot and I sent it to Maddie. So if anybody wants it, I'll forward it here in the page or Maddie, you can send it over. I mean, I was shocked. So, you know, I'm like, if I go back there, it's probably sold already. I don't know but, if that was the right one. It, it didn't look, after watching the movie again, it didn't look like the one at the end. I'm sure there could have been a couple, a handful of them just in case, but. Well, think that's what I was thinking. I mean, when you make it, when you make something like a cube, when you crush something, it's like you can have it for different sizes for different references. But I mean, the way they kind of shot it, it's like, is it the same cube or not? And I'm looking at it, and I'm like, I don't think it's the real one. But it's like I was laughing at just like at the asking price of like two thousand nine hundred ninety nine. Because who knows where it's coming from? So if it's coming from, you know, somewhere outside the U.S., you can be paying up to thirty or fifty bucks. So whatever, throw another hundred in there. Oh yeah, I got yeah, I got a replica, and it's like, what is this made in Tokyo? I think it was six hundred bucks for shipping. (laughs) I looked into it. Yeah, at least six hundred bucks. We're talking about a car. It's it's not. It's not like getting a. Uh, UK release of Dawn of the Dead from Zabby. You know I know, yeah. A- <laughs> that's crushing, yeah. That's literally crushed into a cube. Billy, how much did you say you thought the shipping was? 30 bucks? That was great. <laughs> now, is that 30 US or 30 euros? That makes it was, sense. Yeah, it was probably like 30 euros. Now, 
Now, my question is, does the useless lump of metal come with a certificate of authenticity? Yeah, that's what I would ask. Yeah, I know. I was looking. I'm going to see if this thing is back up. Because <laughs> honestly, I, I could go crush a red car. Yeah. That should, we can make some bank. Because like, I, got, I got cars that I could just send to Mid-City Steel right now, and we could just squish them and say that they were used in movies like, where cars got squished. Yeah. And if people want to buy that shit, like come talk to me. I got movies I gotta make. I need money. So okay, yeah, no. So it's still up. No, I'm, yeah. So it's twenty nine hundred bucks plus five hundred for shipping and handling. Only now, if you want to buy it now. <laughs> well, that's the buy it now price. That's yeah, that, yeah. That's the buy it now. Scary. Yeah. What are you gonna do I know, with that? I, I don't know how much you can see of this. In a good way or not. That looked like an but. organ at first, but now it's supposed to be Yeah. It, you know what that looks like? That looks like, remember remember in fucking episode, Star Wars Episode 1 with the pod racers? That yeah. looks like one of the fucking engine pods. It does. Just all fucking crinkled and veiny. Like, kind of looks like yeah. meat. Yeah, it's like part pod racing engine pod, part penis. It's like, it's like a little <laughs> bit of each. The inside of a penis. <laughs> I mean, I've never seen the, but sure. <laughs> oh yeah, I look at the inside of penis penises every single day. I think you're almost pretty <laughs> right about that, Lamont. I didn't Sometimes say that. Sometimes, being a makeup artist, you have to look up some fucked up shit. You would not be surprised. No, I did three productions back to back to back, and they were all genital mutilations. I was talking yes. about this just the other day, and it's so funny because whenever you do something like a, you know a decapitation or a half cap, it's like okay, you might maybe get one or two of those a year, but when you're getting like dick mutilation, dick mutilation, we're getting the balls chopped off. We're who, chopped who's off. this like, for? How much mutilation for the genitals? Who, who are these movies you know, for? Are you doing the Serbian film sequel? Like, what the? For us, septic, we had like had to chop a dick in half and use like chicken for like the balls to pull it out. It was fucking sick, but it looked so good on camera. Well, it's great if it looks on camera. I mean, you can if it looks ridiculous behind the scenes. Who cares? But if it looks good in front of the lens, that's all that matters. Yeah, I mean, that's all that matters is what's happening in the frame. Like whatever it looks like outside of that is, is irrelevant. But, but it's I'm so just funny saying, how that's a lot of cut up dicks, dude. Like, <laughs> yeah. back to but back. you know, going from cutting up dicks with special effects, one thing I do have to applaud this movie actually is the use of reverse photography yeah. when the car basically re, comes re, back to look reconstitutes back. itself after yeah. being damaged. Yeah, I always, I, I, I always thought I figured that somehow with this crazy thing we got off on, I had to bring it back, bring it back into the movie Appreciate it, somehow. Yeah. Thank you, Bill. So... You know, but but like the car looks amazing, and whenever it when it goes through, yeah. you know, like I was actually looking this up. You had some of the best stunt drivers actually worked on this movie. Probably one of the best, most amazing car chases that you know was ever on celluloid as the French Connection, as far as I'm concerned, has a hell of a car chase sequence, and the drivers from that movie were also on this movie as well. So when it comes to the car stunts, I was really impressed with some of the stuff I saw, especially when that thing was starting to whip around. They said 15% of the budget was just on the cars alone. I believe that. Yeah, by the end of filming, all but two were destroyed. 
I believe that too because they with, probably bought like nine of them. And they always, yeah, oh for sure. There's probably I, 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 that was the number I was looking for. How many they had? But uh, to go with the the eBay deal, one of the Plymouth Furies from the movie was sold for one hundred sixty seven thousand dollars in two thousand four. <laughs> so three grand's a good price for the for the fucking cubed up one build. <laughs> What the fuck would you even do with that? Me and Bill talked about it I'm just, somehow. I'm, I'm just dwelling You're on it. You're spending be... five to eight million dollars just on the case alone, just so you can keep like, the three thousand. Like, like the only thing about. I could think of is like I invite everybody over. Like, hey guys, come over. We're gonna have a fucking barbecue. And then I'm just sitting in the backyard. It's just That's fucking exactly. roped off. Like That's hey. exactly what I said. <laughs> I told Bill you should do with it if you got it is put it by a fire pit or put it in a yeah. garage. You put it like a mechanic's garage. That's the only thing. Be, I uh, think even putting it in a garage, dude, like I'll it takes it would take up way too much fucking space in a garage. I would lose my goddamn mind if I were working on my car and I had this crushed up cube of useless sitting <laughs> in the corner. <laughs> it's something that's gonna have, just have to be outdoors and indoor as yeah, far no. as far as it's three thousand dollars. I don't give a shit. That thing can go in my backyard. There's no way I want to have that thing in my house. I'll use it for decor. <laughs> I'm just not gonna buy it. No. <laughs> I mean, I, I I have no will or gesture to basically drop that ridiculous amount, even though it is cheap. Now, now, coin. You and I both know that we're both willing to drop unholy amounts of money on some screen use props, but this one I can't justify. Like, I can't. <laughs> it makes no sense. No, but did you pull it up? I mean, I forgot to look because I was going to look for the certificate of authenticity. I didn't actually go down if the guy actually said if he had it or not. I I don't, I don't, it needs one. That's all I got to say. Okay, so I'll I'll read this out to you guys. I think a a Darnell, a real life Darnell is selling it from the movie. That's when it's just one that got crushed from way back in the day. But yeah, what do you got to read, Bill? So, okay, this is what it says. Countless 1958 Plymouths have been restored in tribute to Stephen King's 1983 film, Christine. Mm-hmm. There has been an authentic recreation of the rusted smoking Hulk that Arnie's I- ideas come to Darnell's auto wrecking. And I, this guy, no, this guy's, oh my God, is this not a certificate? Is this basically just like, yeah, I made this. Okay. I don't think it's real, Bill. I think they were going to take it for a ride. Literally. I think they take it for yeah. a yeah, No, yeah. it's definitely okay. something. So exactly. So here it is. This sculpture piece stands alone as an art object. It shows the logical conclusion to a worn-out customer good. It is an cubed embodiment of our dead dreams in chrome and steel. It is as much as a tribute to the film... It's a total fucking. It's, it's a no. fucking. It's so Dude. weird though. It's Darnell. There's no certificate. You're charging three thousand dollars for a fucking sculpture. Dude. I got. I got a cheaper solution for everybody <laughs> than to go and buy that. Here's the one six scale Christine model. I go. bought it at Walmart for twenty bucks. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so there's the that. Box. That's that's probably a better choice. I appreciate <laughs> that. I like that. Speaking I thought of- it, I thought it would be good to bring up because it's here. We're, we're we're talking about Christine tonight, but yes, just just go buy this. Don't buy whatever the fuck that thing is. <laughs> How long ago did you get that? I actually, it was weird. Like I was just walking around because I was I was doing my usual collector fucking 
figure hunting or whatever. And I was just walking uh, down the aisle in Walmart and they were like bringing back. uh, They just had all these like old school fucking model kits chilling. And I'm looking at them like, oh, that's fucking cool. I haven't seen those in like forever. And I was poking around and I saw Christine and I was like, oh, okay, I got to buy that. I'm never going to fucking put it together, but I'm going to buy it because I got to have that. Yeah. And it was, yeah, but they had some really cool stuff. And I was like really surprised because model kits, I, I mean, do kids even do that shit anymore? I mean, I thought it was all like fucking YouTube and Minecraft. I think the, and Roblox. Actually, you know what? I have a question for Jesse. Um, Jesse, do you actually collect? I mean, you like horror movies, I know. Is there, is there anything in particular that you collect, like toys, figures that you really are proud of? Well, I have two figures. Um, I don't really collect much, but I have this old school Harley Quinn from the Hush series. And then my brother got me right before Sid Haig died. He got me this. Oh, shit. That's awesome. I love it. Oh, Jesse. I open it, obviously. No, no, don't open that. No. (laughs) No, that that is a really hard to come by NECA figure. That's a beautiful item. Oh, dude! I love him. I am, so much. I am legitimately so jealous of you right now because that is a <laughs> yeah, that's expensive that's, too. You want to yeah, touch it? I do. That's what okay. they all say. I do. I do. I do. I want to. I want to just rub it on my face a little bit. <laughs> um, so, you can play. With, you can play with my Jasons if you like. Well, we have to do the board games anyway. <laughs> yes, board games. Yes. Board games. Yes, we do need. So, this is how nerds flirt. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, that's Nick not Cage. inaccurate. No, <laughs> I accept it. <laughs> Nick, Nicholas Cage auditioned for the role of Buddy in this film. That would have the dude, yes, who, who, the bully, who's the bully with the with the hair who's jumping around. I could no. see that. That would have been something. Yeah, that would have been cool. And then John Cusack auditioned for the role of Arnie. Are the nerd with the tape glasses. I I, I wouldn't that. see that at all. I, you I, couldn't I, see that? I could see him. No. You ever see the I mean, go from Better Off Dead, which I think was like mid-80s, if memory serves correct, like yeah. something like two this to two, three years later? This would have been Such a different departure. Yeah, I no, think it was too scene. early in his career. I mean, to, do, to deviate. It's A3, motherfucker. Yeah, yeah so they shot this in 82, so they're probably casting it in like 81. Oh, you're right. Shit, I keep forgetting. I keep thinking, yeah, no, 84 is when this yeah. came out, right? So, I mean, I buy it that he auditioned for it, but I don't see it. I don't see it. I think a John Cusack is, like, fucking hoops. Like, mm. it's just, it just, it. I don't know. It doesn't yeah. work. I don't see it. But I, I don't care what anyone says. I fucking love Gross Point Blank. I think that's a great movie. It's a fun movie. That's a good flick. Great Influ- soundtrack. Influ- Christine was its biggest influence. You see, that uh, speedometer was a gross point range. Fucking now he's trying to get into the car to fuck it up for him. He's a bad friend. He's not really a friend. I mean, I know he can't hear it because it's on low, but I also loved how the use of music that Carpenter did with a lot of the old kind of like lesser known classics from like the fifties and sixties. I don't want to say lesser known because I mean, they are songs that lesser known remember, our generation. are forgotten, but that was a great thing about the soundtrack is how all these horrible things happened always when the music came on. And I just love that, uh, 
you know, the audio and visual of both of that, that they just work so well hand in hand. Yeah, I got to agree. But that's Carpenter in a nutshell, man. Like music is such an important piece of, of, of his formula in what he does in his films. Like it's, it's whether he's scoring it himself or not. I mean, the music is such a key element, whether it's incidental steam score or whatever. Um, yeah, and he's always he's he's as far as horror goes, he's the absolute fucking master, in my opinion, of of using music in a scary way. Have any of you guys seen the meme? I, I only noticed it in the past week or two. It's a pick. It's like it's like pick one of the four, and it's basically you know Carpenter, Romero, um, Wes, and someone else who I don't even know, and I know it's not James Bond. But it's like someone made out to me, and, I, and everyone was just like, you know, Carpenter, Carpenter, Carpenter. And I'm like, of course. And then I'm thinking, well, you got Romero because he's amazing as well. I right. mean, you know, who doesn't like, love the Living Dead franchise? And you have Wes, you know, basically Freddy's father. So it's like, how could you not love that too? You had a I mean, lot of three fun. out of the four ain't bad, but I felt bad for the one guy who's like, no one mentions his name because I don't think anyone knows who it is. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. If you thought John Cusack was a bad choice, Scott Bayo was also up in the running. <laughs> Ooh, that's that's really bad. Scott Bayo wasn't even good in the shit he got casted for. <laughs> Scott Bayo's not even good for Scott Bayo. <laughs> He played Scott Bayo badly and cursed. Let's put it that way. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't cast Scott Bayo to play Scott Bayo. <laughs> Remember Scott Bayo had beef with Tony Moran recently? I wonder if it didn't get the role with Carpenter, man. <laughs> no, he talked, he talked mean, shit about Tony Moran's sister who died. Remember that? Oh. I, I remember that. I, I was just watching some of that, actually, few weeks ago i can't get over you know that whole shit that's a hot greasy turd if i ever heard one Damn. oh it is it is and it's like that's just like let's just not go well we can go there but i just don't want to go there. i mean we, we won't go there then bill we'll get into the movie we'll talk about the movie bill i think you should just get a the, the actual car not the, not the cube yeah, yeah, no, you, you, dude, you just want me to fucking up. save up and buy basically a 1958 Plymouth yeah. Fury so I can loan to you for production. <laughs> you can turn it into a bed. You can turn it into a bed or like a fucking couch or something. You can do something funky with it. Yeah, have a win-win. I like that. Yeah. Well, if you think about it, though, something like that would be a long-term investment because you could loan that shit out to cons. Yeah. Oh, totally. Photo ops. No, but. People I mean, would be all over that. You ever seen? I mean, there was like a Christine Carr going to the conventions, mm-hmm. and I'm not sure if it was a restoration that someone I did. Think so I think it was that they charged. Yeah, it wasn't. It, was, it wasn't. It wasn't a car from Christine, but it was definitely it somebody. No. Like when, yeah, when you go to the when you go to the cons, like a super mega fest, you see all those cars outside. I think they're all just fan made cars. I think a lot of them are. Yeah. There were a couple of them at uh, Monster Expo. That we just we just did a couple of months ago. Yeah. Um, they had one like a Raccoon City PD car. Yep. That yeah, like Resident Evil off. cosplayers were doing fucking photo shoots in front of and whatnot. Mm-hmm. They had another one. It was like Ecto One, but it was definitely not a production Ecto One. It was. It was probably the one from like the Rhode Island Ghostbusters. And there yeah, no, it was the one from the Rhode Island Ghostbusters actually. Because they were know, there. And one, th- and one thing I have to say before I completely forget. Jesse, 
I love your hair. It looks oh, amazing. Oh, thank you. Thank you. It's like three different colors. I don't know if you can see it, but... It matches the, the purple the, tie, the purple part of that tie-dyed blanket behind you. It, like, matches yeah. the color. I have, like, the galaxy, like, above it, too. <laughs> I like to keep the galaxy above me at all times. <laughs> but, I mean, as, as well, like, the, the, those Rhode Island Ghostbusters, I mean, they're, they're everywhere. They're always at the cons, and it seems like... I think they even do the Salem Parade, if memory serves. They do. Correct, I, they do. Yeah. And their props are ridiculous. The stu- the amount level of production value that goes into their stuff is nuts. Yeah, I mean they do. God, I mean like so ac- movie accurate as they can get. And I, I walk, I see the packs, and I'm I, I'm expecting to turn around and see like the face of Ray or you know someone. It's like, oh, you're not Ray. It's just amazing when you. Growing up, I mean, we loved the Ghostbusters. We we were obsessed. We knew those proton packs, and we, mm. I still haven't seen the newest one. I'm so excited! I'm going to be watching it actually this weekend, finally. Yeah. So I can't wait to hear that zoom when they first turn to turn. Yeah, I got to. <laughs> I got to. Ch- I've yet to check that out myself. But look at this guy! Oh my god! I know Fuck he's that. all the way he's in traction. Cooler now. Yeah, he's got the glasses are off. His collars popped. He's fucking. He's feeling it. Right That's all you need. Just lose the glasses and pop your collar, and automatically, you know, you become a badass. It's very Fonzie. He's very. Let's just he's hope feeling. he's not walking into anything. He's feel. He's feeling his Arthur, his inner Arthur Fonzarelli right now. Yeah. Hey. Hey. Oh. Sit on it. <laughs> I've never been to a drive-through or drive-in. You've never been to a drive-in. I've never been to a drive-in. Mendon. Oh man! Don't worry, neither of us. Go to a group trip. <laughs> oh Let's fucking no! Fuck that! Dead kids field trip. Mendon twin driving. Let's go. We got it. We got to go driving. Fuck it. that! Well, you they guys are old, crazy. They do old horror flicks. Do you came from the five hundred eight crew? We go to the drive-in at least three times a year because it is the <laughs> dopest fucking experience on the face of the planet. It's the best way to watch a movie. It's I wild. hear Mendon's an amazing driving. I hear it's like incredible. Driving. I hear it's driving out of there is, yeah. is, is a nightmare. No, it's not that bad. It's not. That, bad. So it's not as bad as people make it out to be. But like drive? it's like all like five streets, and like, like woods, forty-five minutes. You know? It's no big deal. No, no, it's not. It's not that bad, Billy. It's okay. it's it's a little weird, but it's it's right off a major road. It's it's not that you're not going into the woods or nothing. Sure. You gotta gotta go into the woods once you get there. But that's the worst <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> But no, that's that field trip, dead kids field trip. We gotta, we gotta go to the driving. Obviously, yeah. right now it's probably a bad idea. It's like negative four outside. But <laughs> I don't think yeah. they're open right now. Yeah, they might no, be. they're not. Yeah. They'll, they'll open back up in March. But yeah, I'm definitely yeah, down. It, it, it sucks. It, it, I was working outside all day today in nine degree weather. I'm sorry. No. I'm, it's I'm, my I'm life. So, I love it. I, I, I have I, to love. I have to be exhilarated by it, or else I'm going to go mental. So. <laughs> I was happy to go inside for like the two, three times every single hour. But, oh my God, today was like... Sounds sexual. I'm, de- I'm deviating. Let's talk about the car. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about the car. About the Let's car. About the, the car. It's a beautiful automobile right there. I'm very proud of it. Great. <laughs> you sh- I mean, very you should be. Got that Suspiria feel a little bit. Oh no, it's a little, it's a little, it's a little giallo, giallo, if you will, just a touch. 
just a touch. But like we've we've said it on the the show a bunch of times. Like the eighties and the, the like, it was heavily influenced by Argento and Bava and what those oh, guys were doing. Oh, yeah. Even Kevin, on this side of the Atlantic, Kevin Bacon was also up to play Arnie. But I really don't loose. see him playing Arnie. Oh, no, yeah, no. then he got footloose like the next year. <laughs> And now he'll deny that he was ever on Friday the 13th. Never happened. <laughs> like Tim Curry in a Rocky Horror Picture Show? Oh, Tim, he would never deny being in that. Are you he crazy? He did for a little bit. Really? For a little bit he did, yeah. Yikes. And then he came back I, to I think he was more like he just embarrassed by it. Because but, he was doing I mean, all the kids did, He did acknowledge it, but I think it might have been a slight embarrassment, but... When he started doing conventions more in recent years, he definitely gained to appreciate it once again. Oh, they're getting more money. But, you know, I think some people do go through that phase. I think they, yeah. I also think ahead, it's a sign James. of the. I was gonna say, I think it's a part, of, part, probably part of the times too. Like mm. Rocky Horror Picture Show for the the year it came out was really provocative and really risky. Dear Meatloaf. And and I but but the theme, but I'm saying like the thematic. Yeah. concepts yeah. in Rocky Horror were really fucking taboo and probably being associated with Rocky Horror was probably giving his career a little bit of a kick in the fucking balls so he probably kind of had to mm-hmm. wasn't he a theater actor before yeah. he started in theater he started he was actually in the theater production of Rocky Horror right. before they made the movie but I'm thinking like the 80s, early 90s, like when he yeah. was trying to line up Clue or like the major yeah, studio I, stuff. He was probably like Rocky Hart. That was that wasn't me. That was fucking Bob <laughs> Curry. That was my brother. That was <laughs> not me. Yeah, <laughs> probably. You're because, saying he wasn't a sweet transvestite? <laughs> oh, he was I probably too. Legend. I he mean, played a great double. Yeah, no, I mean, He's great between, everything he does. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, no. Uh, every movie does. Really yeah, I, I don't. I don't. I don't see Ridley Scott sitting down in 1984, watching the Rocky Horror Picture Show, going, "That's the guy I want to play Satan." No, <laughs> I, I, just, I don't. Yeah. yeah intim- I'm sure he intimidated people as well. He's very like a very strong. His character is very strong in that show. Very it's, strong. It, it's a personality thing. Like, there's a little bit of Tim Curry in every role he's ever been in. There's a little bit. Concierge. Coming on, too. There you go. The whole the crazy guest with the gun. <laughs> and and you, you see the concierge from Home Alone 2. There's a little bit of Wadsworth from Clue. <laughs> totally. Him. I mean, totally. Even in Annie, when he's, like, the brother. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. I agree. So tell me, how how does he see? Like, does he not need glasses anymore because of Christine? He's possessed, I think. That's but, why, uh, okay. Because he's like an essence of it. That's where he gets his, like, strength with his father and, you know, the confidence. And I think it's one of those deals where, like, um, you're possessed by it and the car gives him power, but then it takes him, takes his energy type deal. Yeah. That's why I kind of... Well, that's what I've always kind of like. I've seen movies where similar to this, where an, a person will become fixated with an inanimate object, whether if it's a doll, whether if it's a car. And as crazy as it was, as young as I was, not Chucky, but like with Dolly Dearest, I thought, you know, this little girl was starting to become possessed immediately. 
right. because she, how she loved the doll even more. In his situation, this guy loves his car. So it's almost like it's healing to him, but it's starting to torture him. But it's going to give him all these good things. And then things are going to turn to hell. It's almost like the monkey's paw. It's common. Things go yeah. The Shining mm-hmm. has that element. Needful Things has that element. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's it's a common allegory in a lot of King's work. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the be careful what you wish for kind of. The great thing about about Stephen King really is that while you have the horror of the supernatural and all that, the real horror that comes out is the people themselves. Oh yeah, psychological. And I mean, Christine is a perfect example. I mean, it's pure psychological. Someone who's been trounced on, pushed down, and then finally, you know, he finds something that gives him some sense of power and. And when you have been treated like craps for so long, and then you finally have something to make you feel, you know, powerful and all that, you don't want to give that up. No matter how it hurts you or people you love, you're like, you don't want to go back to what you were before. Absolutely. And that's that's pretty much Christine all rolled up in one. That's Halloween, Michael Myers, red, big red car. <laughs> uh, back to the junkyard. Boy, oh boy! Oh yeah! Interesting being possessed. That's where all the great raves are. The you don't see rain. You don't see <laughs> rain machines in films that hard anymore. Wait, I was just about to comment on that. You can like tell because of the way it's like swooshing. It's yeah, you can tell. It's yeah, fake. that would be CGI, so you couldn't tell, so to speak. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love what they came up with, though. Even like in Reanimator and shit like that. Like the effects, I don't know. I loved it. Yeah. Classic John B. Blair stuff. I yeah. love that. I love it. Reanimator is one of my favorite fucking movies of all time. I see why. <laughs> if you com- if you combine Stuart Gordon and HP Lovecraft, odds are I'm gonna be fucking there. So <laughs> yeah. trouble. Oh, big trouble. It's gonna it's gonna happen. It's gonna happen. So is this one of those uh, main movies that looks like California? or is No, those- actually, I, I'll give Carpenter credit. This does take place in Maine, but it actually kind of looks like Maine. It does not look like sunny California, Maine. I, I, no, because I had to ask you guys. I remember you talked about like when that does happen, but I'm trying to think, because I thought this was like Maine looked like Maine, because I'm thinking this, you know, this had that. No palm trees, you know. Look. No, this looks very New England. You don't have any of that fucking tall ass brown sand grass that shows like, hey, we're eight minutes from a beach. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. The dunes. <laughs> uh, I'll catch Jesse up. So we've we've started this with like, you know, we've been doing it chronologically. So we started with Carrie, Salem's Lot, so on and so forth. The last couple, like Salem's Lot, Cujo, like we were commenting on how it's supposed to take place in Maine because all of Stephen King's stuff takes place, takes place in Maine, but it looks blatantly like it's in California. Like it doesn't look like it's in Maine at all. So like we were saying, welcome to sunny California, Maine. (laughs) That's, that's where the joke came from. I see. Now it's not funny because you got to explain it. Yeah. I'm sorry. (laughs) I'm sorry. It's one of those, it's one of those, I guess you would say location jokes. <laughs> well, we still got a lot of movies to cover, so I am sure yeah. Sunny California Maine is going to pop up, and yeah. when it does, it will Every be episode. incidentally hilarious. Every episode, yeah. I have a strange 
a strange feeling actually that wow. once we do maximum overdrive, we're probably going to see that again. Of course. You're going to you're going to see my wicked coked out king directing a movie I, I impression. Can't wait. That's going to be I great. I can't wait. I promise you. So much coke. So much coke on that set. <laughs> I am so fascinated by that movie. You have no idea. <laughs> and, 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 the, and the first time that you get to see the Green Goblin. There you go. Yeah. On screen. Yeah. yeah. You know, I'm not even a car lover and that scene previously where they tore it up fucking always bothered me. I always felt bad for the car, ripping up the seats, fucking destroying it. Dude even takes a shit on the hood or something like that, I believe. <laughs> Where he's talking to the cop, he says that maybe he's just trying to upset him. See, I always thought that if we were going to be smart, if King were smart, he would have let Steven Spielberg direct Maximum Overdrive because he had experience with Duel. Yeah. yeah. But no, he went had to go and do it himself. That's what cocaine does to you. Gives you that Cocaine's ego. a hell of a drug. Yeah. I love that movie. There's a lesson learned here. Do not direct movies when you're ripped out of your mind on coke. <laughs> well, a lot of good movies have been made on cocaine. You can't, you know? You I, think that, I, I, think, I think a great majority of films have been made on cocaine. Oh, yeah. I agree. <laughs> a lot of great films have <laughs> your been made favorite on cocaine. Look at Saturday Night Live. They were in the 70s. I Isn't mean, that like Willy Wonka, what, weren't they like fucked up on like LSD or some shit? Oh, I hope so. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> that would explain a few things. Yeah, like no. the tunnel. The tunnel? No, the production designer was though. For uh, yeah. sure. <laughs> no, who wrote Willy Wonka? That wasn't Roald Dahl, was it? Yeah, it was Roald Dahl. It was Roald Chocolate yeah. Factory, man. Yeah, no, because I couldn't remember who wrote it. And I thought the director was like a hard fucking drug user as well. No, it was a production designer, man. The <laughs> the director was like, I, I, I don't, I'm not even sure exactly who directed it, but I know he was like 3,000 years old at that time. So that definitely wasn't his idea. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, because I, I, I thought like Roald Dahl was like a crazy drug taker or something. He was. <laughs> That's him. But he only wrote the books. He had nothing to do with the movie. <laughs> cool. Roald Dahl, Roald Dahl, I give him a lot of credit. He's a lot like the Brothers Grimm. Like, like his shit's really dark. Oh yeah, way darker than it's been made in the film. Remember Shel Silverstein? Remember him? Hell yeah, Victor oh, Fleming. Directed Victor Fleming. That was it. Thank you, Victor Fleming. Remember- there's the fun fact behind that is because he directed The Wizard of Oz and I think Gone with the Wind in the same year, which was always Oh, wow. Yeah. So, yeah, by the time he got around to uh, Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, he really, like, yeah, he was, like, in his, like, 90s, 70s at least. <laughs> I think it was close that. to the end, yeah, for him. Yeah. I, I, I swear to God, that's a sweet stash that that dad is sport. Oh, He's that trying is fantastic. so hard. Look at that. Right? He's trying so hard with that stash. That I is like, like the actor's hair is all messed up too. It's like it's like that's like like combination like a very gaunt burnt Reynolds, you know what I mean? Like like he's not quite smoky, he's not quite the bandit. Yeah. <laughs> it's a, it's a weird in between there. Yeah, Mel Stewart directed Willy Wonka. I don't know why I said Wizard of Oz. Oh, okay. Yeah. He did like uh 4 days in November and Running on the Sun. Here he is. Now the kid's standing up for himself. Yeah, there we go. There we go. Feel your father. Get the shit out of that father, dude. That father's just grown out. 
That's the I popped my collar, Dad. You can't <laughs> tell me shit. <laughs> his wife will never he have sex with him. Collar too. <laughs> After his son just showed him up, he he thought he got little sex. Now it's fucking over for him. Mm-hmm. When, when your son punks you out like that, dude. The mother got no more respect. She's <laughs> the last straw. That's the last blowjob you're ever going to get, Larry. Let me tell you. <laughs> Such an embarrassment, Larry. Now the son's going to get that blowjob. What a beef. Now they got Bro, that. what the fuck? That is like the third time incest has come up on this show. <laughs> Incesty. We're incestual here. Incesty it wasn't me who brought it up this time. Yes, I feel good. Good for you. I'm turned on and confused. (laughs) Well, more we all are, for Christ's sakes. Okay, well, that's fine. Let's enjoy the movie. We're all awkward and horny now. Yeah, this is great. (laughs) (laughs) Only when you're here, Billy. Only when you're here, Billy. I know, Hawk. You bring it out of me, you beast. And this car's a beast. Look at the engine on this thing. I mean, Jesus. I mean, the the first of those scenes you were talking about where the reverse shots where it like reforms. Because I I was even thinking, even to film this, like if the camera was there in close proximity when they were crushing this, you would have to protect that lens. Because heaven forbid, if they're starting to crush this thing and a piece of metal comes out from somewhere and hits the camera, you're screwed. So it's like... That's a tricky... The crushing thing, I think, was an effect. I think it was a special effect where they built just the the front of the car or whatever, whatever position. It was almost like a bubble effect, I feel, where, like, with air or something, they push it out, but then they let it come back in. I think it was something like that. That's still some tricky business. Oh, definitely. Definitely hard to do. That's that's not... That's not for the faint of heart by any means. I mean, that's almost... That's almost uh, American Werewolf in London changeo head complicated. Yeah. <laughs> or maybe they pulled well, to, marry, to marry both of them of the oh, practical God. imploding and exploding and cutting it back and forth. I mean, it's, I feel like they were definitely using multiple techniques of, you know, making this thing work because it's not all one reverse shot if you kind of no. break it down. Carpenter is a big Harryhausen fan. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, like, it all goes back to that. There could be a touch of stop. I mean, I I gotta I gotta rewatch that scene with a little bit more of an analytical eye when it's not an inch wide on my screen right here. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there might there might very well be some stop motion going on in there as well. It kind of looks like it on TV here. Yeah. Yeah. Especially with like the the mirror part. Mm. Uh, it a could very film. well that could very well be a frame by frame photography piece there, which. Even more complicated. <laughs> Not well, a thing I'd ever want to do. That's for goddamn sure. I think, like, leading up to the show, we talked about how, like, you know, Carpenter did such a good job as making the car scary. And when and my, my rewatch of it this time around, it, you know, I read there. It's there's some really fucking intense moments with cars like this. Like, if you put yourself in those shoes, like on paper. It, it, I bet it, it, you know, float like in the end when, um, you know, spoiler alert when, 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 when he pulls the the fucking tractor or the bulldozer up to her and the car tries to get her from both sides like a dog would, you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. that's fucking yeah. intense if you were to be that girl. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Alex, yeah, this would no. be you would be that character if you were in this film. Chase <laughs> down by that car. beard off. Uh. And you think someone's driving it the whole time. Oh, yeah. 
Meanwhile, the car is just like, what's up, sweatshirt? <laughs> yeah. You in the wrong neighborhood, motherfucker. <laughs> He's all blood. He's all blood. Oh, my boy. Yeah. It's just stalking its prey. <laughs> but, you know, like, I love this scene. I mean, this was like the scene I remember seeing when I was really young. And I had only seen this movie maybe two or three times, but it was always this scene. And when those lights come on, like right here, just, you don't know. Fuck down, pal. There's a force (laughs) in there. There is some force driving this thing that clearly wants this guy dead. Yeah. Right. Because this thing is willing to damage itself. Mm -hmm. That's big, yeah. And it's, psycho- and, so, and it's a strange psychological thing too, especially if you're just seeing this thing as a vehicle, but it's a vehicle that's possessed. So it's like how this thing can fix itself. It has no qualms. He can do that. But what this thing is willing to endure, to torture itself, to kill others for him. That's why there's this weird psychological component love story almost between, you know, the car loving him as well. And that's the obsession that he brings on to, like, being obsessed with the car. Because now he's, like, starting to have that hate and anger. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, basically, the moral of the story is don't buy haunted cars from the shovel killer from Home Alone. (laughs) (laughs) True. Oh, come on. (laughs) I'm just saying. I'm just saying, you know, it might not end well. But I heard mopeds are safe. <laughs> I would love a haunted Ooh, moped. That, that sounds like a good time. That is a great shot. Yeah, the, the, this whole the... scene, this whole scene is just fucking oh, yeah. Gonzo. And what, the, and with, it, what Bill is going for, I got to give you some credit there, Billy Boy, because you're right. Like when a when a, a killer or a ghoul or whatever is willing to hurt itself to get to you, like right now, it's going to crunch itself up to get in the. It's going to destroy itself just to fucking kill him. That's like, that definitely adds an element to it. Reminds me of uh, Ben Mears squeezing himself through the air ducts to try and get it. Uh... No, I'm sorry. Roy Tibbetts to try and get Ben Mears in fucking Salem's lot. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's very intense. Ooh. There's no that looks like, it looks like it. me trying I, to get the last fucking Pringle out of the Pringle can. I, I always <laughs> crunching, crunching my hand in there all the way. You have to turn it upside down, Billy. Oh, that's how it works. <laughs> I that's definitely. Why, why yeah. didn't he just jump on the hood of the car? It wasn't going that fast. He was fear. He was scared. He was, frozen. He was paralyzed by terror. Yeah. <laughs> paralyzed by terror. Just, oh, God. Oh, God. Not, not, no. Yeah, drinking beer in the hospital. Can't do that no more. I don't think you could ever drink beer in the hospital. I just don't think that dude gives a fuck. He's just (laughs) such a badass now. He is. The collar's up, man. So the shit is gonna blow. The hair is poofed. (laughs) He could easily be stopped by just. It's just a mindset with him. I love that haircut. Funny, almost made me spill my bowl. I love that haircut. I want to get this guy to play board games too. (laughs) Let's do it. I still need to pick up that fucking thing board game. I've wanted that. It's out of print. It's long out of print. What? Uh, Terror at Outpost 8, uh, Terror at Outpost 34? Yeah, yeah I, I have yeah. it. I have Undo it because it, right? I'm obnoxious. <laughs> it is out of print, though. 
but yeah, I'm, I, I'm obnoxious. I have a real Jesse saw. I have a I did. absolute shitload of horror board games because I'm ridiculous. Is that one even open? Uh, nope. I've <laughs> never played. I've, I've, it's worth so much money that I'm Don't just terrified. It. Yeah, I'm terrified to open it because it's I'm like, never going to play this game, even though I spent money on it. I can't enjoy it. I'm just going to sit on this for another like two decades. And hopefully, I can pay my mortgage you, when I need to. Are, are, Billy, are you really saying that to a guy who's literally staring at 137 <laughs> unopened action figures right now? Dude, I can't throw stones. I have fucking hundreds of movies that are still shrink wrapped. Dude, I think every movie collector has hundreds of movies that are still shrink wrapped. Yeah. yeah. It, it's, it's, yeah. I'm just getting around to uh, some of the things that I got for Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know. Yeah. It's Unfortunately, all my toys are out of the packages. I played with them when I got them. <laughs> I mean, I can respect that too, Hawk. I, I, some days, you know, I look at the stuff. I'm just like, I just want to pose it all. I'm just, but I can't. I can't bring myself to do it. Here we have Harry Dean Stanton, who's awesome in everything. It, you know, Alien. Just and he, the, the, I, the dude was in so much shit, and he's probably one of the best character actors ever. Hands down. Easy, yeah. I mean, he has such a recognizable fit. I, mean, I think he was even in the, the, in the new Twin Peaks, I think, you know, because mm-hmm. I think he's still working to a fair degree. I He might have passed very recently. I, I think he, he passed, passed away, away fair, fairly like recently. Years, I think. 17, maybe? 2017. Yeah. yeah, he passed away, but he was working right up until Oh yeah. he, he, he went over the the went into the great beyond. Bill, you are right. He did the one of the last things he did was Twin Peaks. He was Carl Rod, Carl Rod in Twin Peaks for uh, uh, it's like five or six episodes. I ch- I I I rescind what I said at the beginning of the episode. My name is not Rock Strongjaw. It is definitely Carl Rod. <laughs> Rod Strongjaw. Rod Strongjaw. Yes, Rod Strongjaw. That is my name. <laughs> That's your poor name, I take it. No, no, no. We're not making that distinction. Okay. <laughs> no, no. None of that now. Calm down. Actually, right before I came He's on, nervous. I think he I, knows I think... we're on to him. Oh, I know. You found my on, only. Think... You found my OnlyFans. That's is is that what you're saying? Well, you can, <laughs> we, you we've seen me. too much of you, man. You convinced me. I'm thinking of starting my own rap channel on Cameo, and I'm thinking I'm going to call myself C O Y Me. Why not? Why not? Why me? I'm broke. Like I'm 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 down. I'll throw to do work some, your way, I'm, and you can throw work my way. I'm down. I'm down to do. I'm, I'm down to do some porn. If it makes me some money right now, I've I've had, I've spent like way too much money fixing my house in the past year. I I just yeah. Hey hey hey, hey dude dude, I'm going down to uh, Chippendales to audition. You can be Patrick Swayze. I'll be Chris Farley. Come on, dude. Oh my god. Do it. Fuck yes. Cocktail. Cocktail. It's happening. <laughs> <laughs> and if anybody fucks around, Roadhouse. But anyway. Okay. <laughs> Alex Todd can be our new Saturday night thing. Oh yeah. I fucking <laughs> I'm I'm not kidding. I've porn I've been tempted. But 
<laughs> Even the dude's laughing on this movie. Well, now now he's gone from the pop collar, and now he's got that open bowling shirt. I mean, that's... I don't know how much cooler it can get. I can't handle it. He has to kill the cop. in his hair. I want to see him grab the cop like he grabbed his dad and see what happens. Yeah, grab the cop by the neck. Let's see how that goes over. Shoot him. Don't mess with me, man. I got a cool car. You've I'm not now a been sh- anymore. I- I'll tell you exactly how that happens. He grabs the cop, then he gets shot in the dick. Yeah. <laughs> That's how that happens. That's what happens. Grab him That's another dick, dick rip. <laughs> dick grabbing movie. Yeah. We already, I Slight. mean, that we, we've, we've got mutilated junk. Somebody grabbed junk earlier. May as well. We got to get a sh- bullet in some junk. This episode has everything. <laughs> it really does. Well, it's got a lot of dick. That's got a lot of, yeah, we got a lot of things going on in this episode. This one's not PG. We'll just put it out there. Full disclosure. Too late. Oh. <laughs> He's angry. He is. He's very mad. He's very He's mad. Mad He's, man. Did he just hang up the phone and then pick it up and talk? It don't yeah. work that way. <laughs> don't work that way. So That's you've angry. never actually... Remember, remember the phones those old, that those actually old had the cord, phones. and you get actually slam the phone down after a conversation, and you can have a sense of feeling good about it. You could have picked remember you now. You have a fucking cell phone. You're going to hell. I don't like you anymore. And click <laughs> the conversations. You I had mean, on you could. I mean, you could slam the phone down now. Go to hell. I don't like you anymore. You're gonna be. <laughs> you're gonna be out quite a bit of money the way cell phones are these days. Uh, <laughs> You can still slam the phone if you want. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, it's not quite the same when you're angry and you're just hitting the buttons. It's like, beep, beep. Yeah, yeah, it's not quite the same as slamming the phone down. Yeah. Well, I mean, that and speaks... And throw your cell phone against a wall. That also that speaks... That gets the point across real fast. Yeah. That also speaks to the larger problem in this country where everyone now is kind of a pussy so there you go this might have something to do with it a little bit <laughs> we're trying to help america here dead kids of dairy trying to help america not <laughs> as whiny i guess be a real man slam a phone down well i wasn't i wasn't going on with the be a real man thing but just <laughs> Everybody oh, seems oh, to... Hawk, you instigator, you. I see what you're doing over there. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I wasn't, I wasn't going there, but yeah. <laughs> it, there, there's a little bit of a lack of intestinal fortitude in the world these days. Mm, I guess. <laughs> start wrapping fortitude. those intestines around people. <laughs> yes. There you go. Exactly. Wrap the Come intestines. On. We're filming something next weekend. Let's get some intestines. Hawk, let's kill you again, considering we killed you with intestines once already. Can I eat them again? There you well, go. You know what? I, Everyone I, I, likes eating me. I'm so... Yay! I get chuckling. Ah. Okay, Hawk, we had a moment. You were cold, and I laid on top of you. That's true, Hawk. Man. That was the best moment <laughs> of my life. I laid me high with that moment that. in my head. Alex funded <laughs> the whole short for that one scene. <laughs> for that one scene. <laughs> I feel I so mean, bad. You were shivering. How? how he wanted everybody did you... to be nude, though. He, he's like, can we have everybody <laughs> take their clothes off for the scene? It was way too cold. Work, no. Alex. no, 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 no. That that was a really cold night. 
I, I thought I was going to die of hypothermia. Nope. Out of all the times I've killed you, that was the only night I ever felt bad for you. <laughs> really? That's so the only time. You, I'm a sociopath. This? I hate to say it. You're, that was the only time I ever felt sympathy for you. Because I could tell how cold you were. And you were covered in blood. And I put 25 pounds of intestine on you. And I have never made an intestine that big before in my life. And... You were the you were the, that was the most trooper I have ever seen you on any production, dude. Wow, thank you, thank you very much. Now, was this the zombie short? Is that yeah. Jesse? Yeah. Okay. Okay. He's so we need dead. a new reason for Jesse to eat him. I don't. <laughs> I don't want to do the zombie thing again. We could uh, cannibal. Yeah, oh, let's do a cannibal love cannibal. story. Yeah. How, how how about this? I I I'm a I'm a big uh, chocolate Easter bunny, and she's trying to get the cream filling inside my belly. Well, what if she's actually what an addict and about? she actually is seeing, <laughs> she's seeing you as a giant Easter bunny. Yeah, because I'm like tripping balls and then I go psycho and I eat you. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I could go for that. Yeah. And we're going to create a drug. We're going to, but we're, I know we're deviating, Ooh, but let's create a drug that can trunk just, shot. <laughs> this reminds I me of the race. Yes. Yes. That's a good movie. I'm a big fan. Ooh, fire. Ooh, fire. fire. The best part of the race is when they, they, he, he, uh, fucking Clint Howard snorts WD-40 is the best part of that whole movie. <laughs> yeah. It's fantastic. Best. Another famous rundown shot, the fucking car on fire coming for him. This is such a cool shot because you know someone had to be behind the wheel. And the fact that that's practical, it's yeah. amazing. I mean, the stunt work, the car stunt work on this really stood out to me specifically. Absolutely. Yeah. Of course. Or you gotta go through. Yeah. Uh huh. How many explosions can they have? A lot Fair of cars, enough. Jesse. We don't we okay. can't find an exact number, but a fucking shitload of cars. There's yeah. probably like fifty to sixty cars. And like I'd no stuffman died or anything. Uh not that they like to talk about. <laughs> That's <laughs> that what we don't say R.I.P. R.I.P. baby. This dude ran pretty fucking fast, man, to get that yeah. far away from this car. He is scared for his life. Yeah, he's the guy. Oh, he's almost the bionic man. He gets <laughs> the worst of it because not only is he going to get crushed, but he's going to get crushed by a big fucking boiling hot piece of metal going to roll over him. You got to up the ante for the main villain, you know what I mean? Yo. That, that I got to say, that yeah. shot with the fire on the car and it's going yes. down is. It looked like a nose? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It, looks, it has a very animalistic feel to it. It does. That shot. Yeah, I agree with that. And like towards the end, when it gets really banged up, like the grill turns into like a mouth. I really like how they went in that direction with it. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna kill my favorite character here. Very <laughs> sad. Now, if memory serves correct, is this Bob Prosky who's doing yes, this role? It is. Yeah. yeah. I fucking loved him. He's the best. In, in Gremlins 2 as Grandpa, uh, you know, Fred. Yeah. And I also loved him in Mrs. Doubtfire. I mean, yeah. this guy had been around for a long time and just a hell yeah. of a career. Great character. I love this character. The only thing that scares people anymore is getting sober and finding work. Very, <laughs> My favorite very New England. Very New Englandy, this guy. Him and the fucking the, the shovel man killer from Home Alone, and uh, that they're very New Englandy. We've all met people like those people. Oh, definitely. 
I'm pretty sure that's my grandpa, actually. Yeah. But- <laughs> you don't want to go up that road. It's <laughs> the back cemetery. Yeah. No, that's not New Englandy. That's no. Maine. <laughs> that's that, Maine. Judge Crandall is Maine. Totally. Oh, I I loved his accent. In that I mean, Maine is a difficult fucking accent. It, it really is. It is. Wait, that and was a real either, Maine accent. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh, totally. Because like how the Bostonians like we are, you know, we're like, yeah, this is weak at Pissa, and you know, like yeah, it's, it's like, totally like, yeah, there's like they use like A's and O's, you know, and kind of weird in usual places, you say. And I was talking with I, your I that the further the further I get up into Maine. <laughs> the closer you get to Canada, over. the worse it is. Um, and how many people did they actually go for that main accent? I know you got uh Monster and fucking Pet Cemetery. You got the great dude in Graveyard Shift. Who really Steve pushes Ma. Yeah, he was great. Accent. I love his accent. Who, do you remember anybody else from the King movies? That, did Ron Perlman really push it in that what, Desperation movie he did? I no. think he might have. No, no okay. he didn't go that far. Uh, he didn't go for it like Fred Gwynn went for it. Let's yeah. say that. If you fuck hey. it up, you ruin the whole movie. That's why it's so difficult. Mm-hmm. All, all I have to say that that the best thing about Pet Cemetery, the original, is always sometimes dead is better. That is better. Dead better. <laughs> sometimes dead is better. Yeah, I'm not even trying to do that accent because it's, it's just it's not. so difficult to do. <laughs> that's that's dope. No, it, it's funny when when you see live the, by. when you see the remake with John Lithgow and he just says, you oh, know, dude, that movie's sometimes dead is better. It's like, eh. Doesn't work. <laughs> I like Speaking of Lithgow, I just saw his cameo in Dexter. I'm binging the brand new series this week, and it was so it? refreshing seeing uh, Trinity in there for a quick second. It's interesting. Look at this car. It, it is interesting. Though. But would you want? Would you ever get into this car? I would never get into a fucking ghost car. No, it's on fire. Speed. It's and been it's, off, exactly. It's, 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 it's still smoldering. Like, yeah. No. Yeah. Did someone extinguish it before he like rolled into the garage? That's what it looks like. It does. I think the car, the car poorly put it out itself. I mean, this is this is kind of like the equivalent of. Why would you sit in it, dude? He, he looks must be drunk. Maybe he's yeah. drunk or something. Yeah, no. Look like, at that smile. I assume Pull that's a stool up next year, you stool. Like this, this is the equivalent of picking up a hooker you saw just shoot up. Like this, go, this yeah. is not a good choice. Like <laughs> you're gonna do it anyway, though. <laughs> oh well, that guy's gonna not, not me. <laughs> I make much better time. choices than that oh. these days. Ah, uh, the door's closed. Uh oh, your watch It's over, son. This was kind of a lame Ooh. kill. Just got to crush. Like, how do I take this off? Setting number three is gonna crush <laughs> me. Oh. But that's, that's, you know, like, the fact that this movie only has this one moderately ridiculous kill in it and all the rest of them, of them are pretty you, you, terrifying. It's acceptable. Yeah, yeah, they're pretty damn terrifying, like, and it's still a car doing it, and it doesn't feel somewhat ridiculous. I mean, mm-hmm. that's that's a credit to the Carpenter right there. Yeah, yeah plus you can also say, you know, well, Prosky's older, he's not, like, as young as these kids, he does have to go out in a certain way, so it's like, even though this is ridiculous, let's not torture him as bad as say we are these other people. Cause he's, he's also one of the most likable people in the film, too, so you're probably talking about, like, m- maybe them saying not kill him so bad. 
because fans will like them. You know, back when there was that that vibe that they would give off. Yeah, They're getting their notes from the studio and stuff. The notes from the studio. Loving the, the boy, his wardrobe today. And he ain't running the red and the black vest. Yeah, yeah, he looks bad. I'm saying, look at that. Look at that. It's like he just hey, walked yeah. off set of Saturday Night uh, Fever. <laughs> that that guy is absolutely ready for a, a light up floor. That's yeah. He's, yeah. Hey, just don't touch the hair. That's all I say. Don't touch the hair. <laughs> hey, hey, Vinny Barbarino. Hey. hey. Ooh, ooh, Mr. Cartier. <laughs> it's it's interesting to like see how much of this movie feels. Like that happy days kind of concept of cool. Like, well, no, but that's about that. his character. He kind of has like that greaser sort of spirit kind of coming over him because, yeah, it really is, does have that. I mean, he feels like it's weird. There's a real rockabilly I, I, component I picked up on him as he was turning because possession can change people however they want. This kid obviously wants to be a greaser from the 50s. You think, yeah. it's, so because of the, you think it's because of the error of the car or you think it's because yeah. of the I mean, I, yeah. I, yeah. I think it's part of the spirit of the the, the connection almost. You know, almost people <laughs> dying. I wonder, it doesn't ever really get into like the official haunt, does it? Why it's officially cursed? No. Yeah. No, they just infer it with the brother killing himself in the car. And, and in the beginning, I think somebody at the factory dies in it, but it's obviously possessed before that person dies in it. Yeah, yeah, they never they never touch on what happened, but it's it's right off the rip. Like something something about this car was off from the get go. You know what yeah. I mean? And I think it actually makes it kind of scarier that you don't know why. Yeah, yeah, you don't know why this car is just doing this stuff. I, I think a good part of genre filmmaking certain movies do this tremors is a great example you don't have to have a reason where these things come from because if you say something that's from somewhere then you take you know out of it but if you don't say anything then it 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 gives more of a mystique uh and flavor to the entity at hand i agree i agree sometimes sometimes you need the lore Sometimes you need the sometimes, not, but not all the time. But it's, not it's, all the time. It, when it's appropriate and it works, that's great. But when you can explain something and you can give hints at it without really giving it away, it's more up to interpretation from the audience, and that's not a bad thing at all because you can kind of like see something and figure it out for yourself, as you know certain filmmakers do. And so yeah. I like to be a little more specific driven. Yeah, and all we have to. We have to give give the, the reason for this instead of saying yeah. like let it fly. I I think I think uh, it's kind of on the same um, vein as kind of like with Jaws, where you don't see the shark, and that's more scary. Yeah. And 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 when you have you don't have like the lore or the backstory, makes it even scarier because you're like you don't know why this is happening. Why is this? Why is this specific car doing this? So it gives it even a more of a level of uncertainty and 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 kind of foreboding because you don't know what this car is really trying to accomplish. Because whatever you know, creature, demonic possession, there's there's a reason behind it, and if you don't know the reason, you can't predict 
what they're going to do next. Exactly. Now, the, and I, the, I was going to say the Lee character is going for both of these gentlemen. So Jesse, as a female, um, what, 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 what do you think? Who's the more attractive of these two dudes? You have like the dummy kind of can't the helpless jock or the bad boy nerd. Ah, uh, I mean, it all depends on their personality for me. Like, I really, really don't well, care we'll what see, they look you, like. You get a good idea of their personality. We're talking about these two guys in, in particular, you know what I mean? Not, I not probably like the nerd until he got possessed. And then I'd go to the jock. Really? I and then I'd go back to the nerd because I realized that the jock was kind of a douchebag. <laughs> well, he's a, he's a jock with a fucking heart of gold. What are you talking about? Didn't he try to <laughs> fuck up the a jock with the heart of gold. I think I figured you would have liked the more the nerdy dude with the with the bad boy edge to him. That's what I would I would have I would have went with that, I think. Yeah, but if he's a if he's a douchebag to me then then I'm just gonna tell him to kick rocks. That's true. <laughs> yeah, like I don't I don't deal with that shit. <laughs> That's fair. I, I think mean, the jock is the all around winner. He he's yeah. the jock and he's actually he is like a nice kid. He he seems like a genuinely nice kid. So Even didn't the nerd he try to fuck up Christine earlier? Huh? Didn't he try to fuck up the car earlier? Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. where the douchebag part came from. <laughs> but he was, trying to help, he was trying to help his friend? Yeah. I think. We'll Sometimes see. you gotta hurt someone you love. Exactly. Just <laughs> help oh, them. Gross. That's a un- very unhealthy attitude, Hawk. You need to get some therapy. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I I, 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 am talking to some people about my issues. Talking to me? <laughs> oh, no, now you're in trouble. Oh, CC Billy's that's my therapist. So no, 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 no. That's that's right there. That's not that's not good. That's like halfway Sling Blade, halfway The Shining. I'm not into that. That's a bad combination. Let's not do that. <laughs> Here's your medication. <laughs> see, see, no, no, no. This is terrible. Uh, See, that's the thing I do for Hawk. I just turn up the cruel vaudeville, and he basically believes everything I say, so I could care less. So, (laughs) sorry, Hawk. You're fucking away. And if not, here's 30 cc's of Thorazine. (laughs) (laughs) I like, uh, I like what. Cheers, mate. Drinking and driving. Drinking and driving. Not a good idea, man. Arnie's definitely another no for me. Yeah, Arnie is a big alcoholic. He turned into. Well, I learned from Scruff the Dog. You're not supposed to drink. (laughs) I've heard that. Rock or whatever his name is. I don't know where I heard that, but I heard yeah, drinking and driving is no good. Oh, now no no hands. hands. No. (laughs) He's showing off. I still think that deep down in this nerd in the nerd's life, he still wants acceptance from. This is all outer outer shell shit. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. he ain't. He he's coming off like he's a. It's a confidence thing. He's not actually like a tough dude. He's just trying to. He's still trying to be liked. I feel. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I've always thought that the, like like a lot of the possession, quote unquote, is very much kind of also a false front. Yeah, of this guy yeah. on this guy's part. Like he's like feeling. That empowerment, and he's feeling good about it. And because I'm sure of the, the new car. Yeah, because the car is kind of pushing him in that direction. But at the deep down, when a push comes to shove, I don't think he's that guy at all. Yeah. No, he's, no. I mean, this is a reckless character we're seeing right now. And before the car, there, but there was not this rec- this recklessness. I mean, this possession, or however you want to say it. I mean, he's not the same person, and. 
I think in scenes when you look and you can look and he, I mean Keith Keith Gordon is that his name whatever it is he's yeah. a good actor and you can re- and you can really see in his eyes I feel in scenes like he is being possessed by something and yeah. when he's driving you almost oh, see like he's becoming transfixed so like it's almost like sex when he's driving you know, kind of this, you know, two-in-one force element. You get, and there's yeah. also, like, makeup around his eyes to make it look even more sunken in now, and it looks awesome. Yeah, yeah. He, you can you get a feel like he's in over his head. Like he, yeah. like, he liked it in the beginning, like a drug or something almost, where he mm-hmm. liked it in the beginning, and it eventually just took over all of his life. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And that's some serious jaw flapping he's doing over there. That's what I mean. He's got the fucking <laughs> cocaine mouth going. Oh, yeah, he's, right. go- he's going crazy. Like, I'm not your guy, buddy. And I'm not, buddy, you're not my guy. I'm I just did that at work today, dude. <laughs> well, I mean, like, with the sound off, like, it almost looks like he's pitching him his new idea for a restaurant. So it totally <laughs> makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> and he's trying to get him to invest. So he's driving. Yeah, he's like, he's like, just 30 grand, bro. Just 30 <laughs> fucking, 30 Thirty fucking grand, okay. Well, Just exactly. thirty grand, grand for for the cocaine, and then then fifty grand for the other cocaine. <laughs> no, write the check now, damn it! I'm already at one hundred and ten. Thirty grand. I already got the lease. Fuck! I need another eight ball. What's going on? Yikes! And they wake up and they're on the set of Maximum Overdrive. <laughs> but oh, I mean. Yeah, I know. That's that's what I'm saying. Like the maximum overdrive pitch meeting. It was just uh, uh, it was Stephen King, the producers, and a table and a mountain of fucking cocaine. That's the only way that that movie ever got greenlit. There's no <laughs> other way that was possible. <laughs> was there a car like Christine in Maximum Overdrive? Not that I remember. Like a cameo, like a little cameo somewhere. Not that I remember. I mean, Green has Goblin. Christine popped up throughout? I think it's popped up in a few of the movies. Not like it's, prominent, but background stuff. It's know? more Easter eggy stuff. Kind of yeah. like a nod, but not not like to say like, oh, Christine's in this movie. Just kind of like you'll see uh, 58 Plymouth Fury just kind of come, come along. Bill, you just yeah. talked to that poster? I saw that. I have to tell, have to tell the ghoulie no. Yeah, every single call an ambulance for you pretty soon. <laughs> Is it always at 8.42 p.m.? Uh, oh, shit. Where? You're getting to know me too well. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I, I, I correct my previous statement. 60 cc's of Thorazine. Yeah. <laughs> hey, it's Vaudeville. What can we say? We're watching the show. I wonder what happened to the Darnell character. He just died in the car and was never seen for, never seen again. Maybe the car ate him. Yeah, like something would have to Like Killdozer. In the transition going back to normal. You know what I mean? It absorbs like no one's brought up duel yet. James did. I did I did briefly. I was like oh. it, it Max like that Spielberg should have directed <laughs> Maximum Overdrive because duel. Yeah, that would have been cool. You want way too much money. Well, I mean, what was he making, I'm, like, in the Indiana Jones movies or something like this at this time? I mean, yeah, I'm pretty sure they made Maximum Overdrive. Yeah, I'm pretty yeah. sure they made uh, Maximum Overdrive for, like, 13 postage stamps and some lit. Yeah. So <laughs> Probably why King directed it. it was yeah, he's, he probably came pretty cheap. And all the soda came out of the vending machine for the production for free. <laughs> right in the face. It just... 
they just needed to feed a baby once a day. That's all. <laughs> okay, now I love seeing shit get smashed in movies, whether if it's a model, whether if it's a monster crushing a city, or a fucking machine like this about to do what it's about to do. There's something about cars crushing cars or big vehicles getting crushed. There's just, it's strange production value that just is, I can't be in a weird way for a lot of people. Because you don't expect them to do it. You know what I mean? You, but people you know, just love seeing chicken smashed. Money, you know how much money is being flushed on the toilet every time they crush one, so it has more of an effect on you, I think. Well, I was thinking how many cars they probably had to smash for this scene. If it was just one, or if since they had multiple cars, you know, for this production, I'm thinking considering the car that they had for this, they must have had some close approximations of the other cars because there's no way they could have got 15 fucking 1958 <laughs> Plymouth Furies and destroy all of them. I definitely they don't think have. it was a one. And, they I, I, they could have, but I don't think it was a one oh. and done either. Oh, I no, think definitely, it was there was more than no. one car. I'd say each scene is probably been. three to five cars. Each each. Each scene that happens with the car that's not just driving, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, the car got set on fire. Well, now yeah. we need a new car. <laughs> think about it, the, the takes. I mean, you can only do it for a little bit. You get a couple takes out of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like the, the fire on... The, no, I mean, effects-wise, the car on fire is probably just like... Shit they could get, they could, it. yeah, they could probably, but they could probably still get away with that even after it's been burned up a bunch. I mean, the scene's dark. It'd be hard to tell it, that it's been on fire bef- previously if mm. it's already on fire again. Right. So as long as it ran, I think they could probably get away with that being get getting pretty crispy. Before, the person uh, driving in and keeping them not fucking from cooking mm. like an oven in it. I mean. There's ways around that too. They probably threw in a lot of extra insulation around that area, yeah. so the, for, to protect the guy. I don't know. They got all kinds of tricks for that shit. I've never set a car on fire in a film, so I don't really know a whole lot about it. Yeah, I probably I never will. Foot, I think uh, Fat Foot Films either did that or they, they flipped a, a car. They blew a car up a couple films ago. Yeah, I think uh, the How to Dump My Ex Boyfriend's Body film. I think they blew up a car. Didn't we? I, I think Maddie. Did, didn't we see that together? We did. We did. Was that a one and done? They, I mean, I'm pretty sure they only had the one car to explode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like it yeah. Was like, it was I mean, that was like the biggest field. thing they have at the production, and they I think they only had one vehicle, but it looked good. I hope they had multiple cameras going at once on that thing. Oh, they had to, Get yeah. No, I mean, I I, uh, I just chatted with Ed uh, a few days ago. I hadn't talked to him in a while, and uh, it's nice catching up with him. Yeah. Yeah, like a lot of these cars, I'm sure, you know, they, a lot of them look brand new, and then they got them all, they come, there's like, they'll be off like five that are completely fucked up the same way, you know what I mean? Yeah, taking a little bit off, maybe just so you know, you see the damage more and more, and this is changing scene, up the bodywork on the car. This is the scene I was talking about where it was kind of like a dog where it can't get in one way, so it tries to get around the other way. Yeah, it's scary. It's kind of scary, like to be, and you're you're really only being protected by that that fucking bulldozer bucket deal. That after a couple good wallops, is just gonna fucking give in anyways. Yeah, for sure. 
there was a scene of the bulldozer like right at the beginning where it kind of looked like a person's face as well so it's like yeah. two entities are fighting each other right now yeah no i noticed that earlier when i watched yeah. the film and you can almost see that's the cool thing about cars you know especially like is that if they have cool grills on them then you know and they can really look like a face you know and have character to them yeah especially right. in the older cars and some of the newer cars as well it's very yeah, clash I mean, of the titans yeah, yeah, I mean, older cars had more style, had more personality. I mean, I mean, you look at the cars that you can get now. I mean, they are so generic and bland. I mean, it's true. Yeah, my car looks like a shoe. I fully understand that. Yeah, I mean, I mean, they had style. They, I mean, it was a work of art with older cars. Now it's just, you know, it's make it run and make it, you know, not look like complete shit. <laughs> mm-hmm. Charles Bukowski said all modern cars look like electric razors, which I thought was a good, pretty good description of them. He's not yeah, much. lifestyle. I don't think he drove though. He drank too much. But <laughs> <laughs> Come on, bulldozer, work on me. Hot wire Those faster. wires working. Switched up, got all better. Its grill looked like a mouth. I was like pissed off. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. It's like it's getting angrier and angrier. Yeah. Tony Lama. Oh. Choker. Hey, give oh, I'm me sorry. a big hug, lady. And he just came. Uh, <laughs> like, we don't know. He's coming and going. All he's doing is breathing hard. He's pulling a knife out of him. <laughs> well, I mean, uh, one person got penetrated at least, right? <laughs> In the lung. I mean, the spot. generally not the penetration I'm going for. No. But No. I always, thought, I always thought a nice touch to this scene would have been if the car kind of pulled back a little bit from him, like it didn't mm-hmm. care, like it didn't care about him, like pulled back a foot so he couldn't touch him while he was dying. Yeah, uh, you know how e- how evil the car really is. It taunts. You just want that car to taunt him. Used him and abused him and threw him away, man. <laughs> that car is nothing but a tease. <laughs> just like you, are. honey. I knew a few people like that, or <laughs> I used to. The, uh, I mean, this also feels like an allegory for a really toxic relationship, too. <laughs> it does. It's like, why can't I quit you? <laughs> I can't quit you, man. Do you think touching the car has, like, some, like, thing about it? Like, if he touches it and he dies, now his soul is in the car? I I've always wondered. I've always wondered, Jesse, if if, it's, damn good question. if if that's the car's actual motivation is like, is it eating souls? Is is that why people die in the car? Yeah, it's I a like, soul eater. That that shot <laughs> really cool. The backup shot's really cool, where yeah. it goes back so fast that it kind of. I think they had a chain or something in the front, so when it caught it, just kind of whipped it into the pole. Mm-hmm. That was a nice look. But yeah, I think yeah, I, I agree with that. I do think it's eating souls. 
gathering them up. It's a soul eating car, man. Yeah. And what one? <laughs> well, if you open up enough portals, any car can be a Christine. True. Or James, we can open up your uh, your box and then I'll oh, put game. it together for you and we'll use a Ouija board and fuck everything up. Haunted board <laughs> game. James got that haunted yeah. board game over there. Uh, I might have to give you guys a date in mind because I need some shit to go down on a certain Ouija date. Ouija boards are That's big trouble. Got <laughs> Gotta be careful with them boards. Uh, apparently Jesse and I will be partaking in some black magic soon. Yay! So, uh I mean, I'm not saying no. <laughs> You're not saying no. <laughs> I like this shot a lot, too. She has a real fearless look about her. Yeah, she's like... Brave like I'm not taking your shit no more. She's ready to fight. That's that's the best way I could put that. Like two ex-girlfriends ready for a cat fight. Pretty much. <laughs> Meanwhile, the boyfriend has already met a new girl. Yeah. <laughs> he was secretly seeing her when he wasn't when they weren't together. Well, now, now I'm with your cousin, so this is a moot point. <laughs> yeah, moot point. Boom. Crunch time. Now some soul crushing is about to commence. I, I felt a weird sadness when this thing was starting to get crushed. Um, I don't know why. You just I felt in a strange way for their car. Call me crazy. You're crazy. crazy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mean, I get it, Billy, because like it, it is as, as cars go. It is a work of art, so there's a little bit of sadness exactly. there. Yeah, but it's yeah. the visual. It is. I mean, yeah. I'm not, I am. I am. I mean, I am psychotic. I'm not that crazy. <laughs> I feel like it's kind of like what they do with uh, Devil's Rejects, where you like you know they're bad people, but you want them to succeed. Yeah. Well, that was that that again that again. There's a nod there between like what Rob Zombie did with Devil's Rejects and what Carpenter did. Like in the last minutes here, you get he really lingers on this, and it does almost invoke that sympathy. But at the end, like it's really a confusing feeling because the whole movie, this card has been nothing but. Horrible. There's the cube. There's the cube. There okay. it is. I'll get three thousand dollars for getting the cube. Yeah, we can keep it at your house place. We can we can keep it at your place, Hawk. I'm dyslexic tonight, Jesus. <laughs> I'll just I put mean, that like in my front yard with a big sign. Take a picture with the cube of Christine. Twenty nine ninety nine. Yeah, yeah no, no, we gotta like your pick. We gotta get some ROI on this thing if we're gonna spend three grand on a fucking crushed car. Yeah, on a replica. Yeah, yeah. And we're gonna have to come up with a certificate of authenticity for ourselves <laughs> and charge money for it. Apparently, again, considering that's what this person was. Again, I do. feel like we should just all get models of Christine, and it'll be a better investment. Yeah. I agree. I need to know where you got that because I, I, now, Walmart, I'm, now yeah. I want to. Yeah. Walmart, man. Oh, Walmart? Okay. Yeah. I think there was an like there was a three. They did like the maybe the Batman car too. I want to say there was a handful of uh, movie cars that came out with. There that. were, yeah, that, there were. That. Well, I wouldn't mind getting a model of that fucking Cuda from Phantasm. Mm. Oh yeah, and, you can still get it at Walmart for twenty four ninety five. There it is. Woo! 
Yep. A lot cheaper than the 3,000 cube that you can get more. on eBay. And the bottle's going to look way cooler. Just saying. It will look a little And cooler. if you really want the cube, you can take the model and make it into a cube. You could. Yeah, that's a good move. Yep. Still cheaper. Gun. You need a heat gun for that, though, huh? You do need a heat gun. Get some irons and push it together. <laughs> well, Christine is run out of gas. Unfortunately, we're running on fumes now. Unfortunately, how many more analogies can we come up with during this title sequence? <laughs> no more, no more. Throwing the towel. So yeah, that was Christine. Like we said before, I think it's a uh, you know one of, one of the better. You know, there's a certain era, or an era that King. You know, so far what we've watched, where it's all been great directors. We'll eventually get to a part point where it's not great directors. <laughs> yeah. But for right now, we're still dangling with the great directors. Of course, the best director was Stephen King himself. Uh, That's coming up soon <laughs> enough. I can't wait, dude. That's coming up soon enough. May I ask which one that is? Maximum, Maximum Overdrive, Overdrive, baby. Oh, yeah. Oh. And Emilio. <laughs> yeah, he didn't read for anything. <laughs> He did not read for anything. And you will see a movie that is completely put together by someone who is so out of his mind and cocaine. It is hilarious. And actually, I have a question for everyone as we're going in this title sequence. When was the first time you saw Christine? First time I saw Christine? Yeah. Probably on TV. I probably seen it on TV first. I definitely, I definitely caught that on like a Saturday afternoon creature feature when I was like eight or nine. My mom showed me like all these horror movies, so I was at like very young age. She even showed me Pinhead at like age two, and I was like in love with him. <laughs> but yeah, I think I was like really young, like five or six. Hmm. I was a little older than that, I think, but I think I seen it probably like. I don't know, like ten ish maybe on TV. Yeah, I think I was around ten when I saw it. Yeah. It used to play on TV, I remember well, it's very like T V friendly if you think about it. There's yeah. no yeah. war, you know, there's no swearing really. Before King made that transition to doing the made for T V miniseries and all that stuff. Um this was definitely one of the safer for television films. Next up, Children of the Corn. Yes. Oh, shit. Oh, oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, shit. I'm so excited. Slow Burn City coming to town. I picked oh, yeah. up finally the Blu-ray for yeah. that. No, I won the Blu-ray from uh, a Red Shirt Pictures auction. So, so, what, you got the, the, screen, latest... the Screen Factory? Yeah, I, I release. No, I, I don't think it was Scream Factory that Michael Felser did, but it's it's a Blu-ray. He had some affiliation with it, though, because, yeah, he does all the special features for Shell Factory. Yeah. But he does other... I got the... Others. Actually, I think it's not too far away. I might be able to just grab it. Yeah, this bad boy. The Arrow. Uh, yeah, Children of the Colon. Yeah. I, so that's yeah, what I'll be watching for my reference. So, Jesse, how'd you like it? I well, liked it a lot. Well, I'm glad you liked awesome. it. And, uh, <laughs> Good. 
Is it what you expected? Is it more than you expected? What, how, how did um, you feel being the, the newbie? For some reason, I thought this? we were just going to, like, watch the movie together and just, like, I don't know, pretty much what we did, but, like, not oh, in the way yeah. we did it, but I liked this way better. <laughs> I thought I had a stroke. I was going to say, didn't we just watch the movie together? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're having a stroke, man. Wait a minute. That uh, happened, right? We, we <laughs> did just watch Christine. Yes, we did. Okay. Matt, you okay. smell toast. <laughs> I'm just well, making sure we did watch the movie. Okay, we did. Good. <laughs> we sure did. We sure did. And I'll Listen. wrap up the show, but no one has to go. And we'll catch everybody on the next episode of The Dead Kids of Dere. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I'm thinking, I'm thinking,